This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, welcome to the podcast. No Jerry record today. Normally I have Eddie Scazzari in here, but uh, I've been... Um, uh, uh, for whatever reason, locked into the future of sports radio. Hmm. I've written notes on my phone. Like, I'm really into it for whatever reason. Yep. So I thought I would uh, have a Mr. Spike Eskin in. It's Welcome. an honor to be here. Thank you. Been uh, waiting to be asked. Are you called brand manager? What is your, like, what is your, your official title? So my here? official title here is vice, uh, vice president of programming. Okay. But most people, that's just... Chernoff probably swindled that years ago. In our company, yeah. most people in my position are called brand managers. Yeah. yeah. And they used to be called program directors. Yeah. I, I like the brand part of it. Yeah. I don't think anybody thought about, wait a minute, you're moving that person from director to manager, and manager in most places is lower than director. Yes. But I like the brand part of it. But, yeah, yeah, I like brand manager, but I see that like on like all access and so and so has been up to brand manager. Yeah, what I what I what I started my friend Alex, who now is in used to run KYW News Radio, worked at eight eighty for a while. When they changed it to brand manager, I was like, oh, I don't know if I like brand manager. And he's like, just put program director and brand manager in your signature. I was like, ah, oh, okay. Perfect. So that's what I started doing. So I've uh, opened up on my phone an Apple Notes. And I did this the other day, just randomly. Okay. I was like, I need to talk to people about this or write an article about this. I feel like, and this may have come from, I listen to way too many podcasts now, mm-hmm. Barrett Sports Media. They, he, he talked to Jeff, uh, Smolian. He, Jeff Smolian. he talked to uh, Bezos. Uh, yes. And then uh, Fred Jacobs. Like it's been a lot okay. of radio okay. guys. Yeah. And everyone in radio yep. seems to know. Uh, what radio's issues are, but no one seems to do anything about it, hmm. which is weird. So, like, we all go, "Oh, uh, we know uh, this and this." Yes, we know that's uh, that feels. Just certain things feel outdated mm-hmm. in a short attention span world that we're in now. And the first thing I'll bring up, which I always bring up to you, is I feel like shows are like a four-hour show. Mm-hmm. Some people doing five-hour shows. Yep. Sounds insane to me. Um, In this era of attention span and information being everywhere. Like, it used to be like Mike and the Mad Dog. They had information you did not have. Sure. Everyone's got that now. Yep. So where are we with that? All right. There's a few things. First of all, you're a Rogan listener, right? Yes. He does long shows, too. He does. And you listen to him. I do, but they're not, and the the I do listen to them. Mm-hmm. the The difference is, he's not in a box that's 
local sports radio puts you in a box of sure. That's fair. Of topics. That's fair. Well, yeah, a lot of sports radio stations. Ours at Fan, I would say the box is probably bigger than most sports radio stations, right? I yes. mean, I, that, that's one thing I've noticed since I've been here is the the fact that the audience. That's not a question you asked. Anyway, so we'll get to the question you asked. Um, sometimes with industries that were particularly successful and are big and have a certain structure, the pivot to a new structure is particularly difficult because of the economics that everybody already understands. So saying going from a four-hour show to two-hour show, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So just to give – do you mind me giving like a little background? So just to give background, sometimes – a huge necessary disruption happens that forces the companies to do it because they won't do it on their own because it would mean, especially with a public company, it would mean too much short-term pain. When you look at the record industry, they were, like Napster had to happen. Or or if it didn't, if, if they were forced to make that decision, then it would have happened slowly. And And I think you could argue, though it hurt artists, the industry is probably better for the industry to face what was happening right that second, deal with it, and and move on. You look at like newspapers or magazines who were not hit with that same enormous disruption right away, and they've sort of continued to degrade and degrade and degrade and degrade, so much so that you could argue that in the country now, while there are plenty of local papers that are still viable— there's really like the New York Times, the Washington Post, Wall Street Journal are like the, the newspapers for everyone. They're essentially national papers now, right? Okay, so then you come to our industry and sports radio in particular. And what you say I don't entirely disagree with. I think that there is a difference in that doing a four-hour show, You, if you look at it as a four-hour show, then it becomes problematic to do a, a four-hour podcast every day. That would be, become problematic, even if you're only talking about 45 minutes of content every hour. But then when you realize that people are only consuming it for 20 or 30 minutes, then the pressure you put on yourself to do four hours of content changes. If you think to yourself, okay, well, they're only listening to me for this 30-minute period, I, I, I could repeat some things I said earlier. I could do the same topic and do it in a different way. Because the thing that radio has that podcasts don't have is that people stumble upon radio or they just get in, they turn on, they want to hear what's happening. The fact that it's live at that moment is actually a bonus to them. There's actually something that feels alive about it that podcasts do not feel. That even podcast companies like Spotify or, uh, you know, they're all, they're all continuing to create this technology that is really just more similar to radio. They're just like, hey, this person could go on live and talk to the people that are listening. Can you believe that? And you're like, oh, wow. (laughs) I I wonder, I wonder where you could find that anywhere else, (laughs) like literally. So, so I think that is a difference in that while people are on for four hours, there's not a lot of people or it's a small percentage of people that are consuming all of those four hours. They're consuming a smaller amount. But the challenge initially is that, well, you're right. If I say you're right, people should only be doing two-hour shows. Then I have to approach, first of all, I have to get twice as many hosts. Mm -hmm. And then I have to approach every single one of my hosts and say, all right, well, your salary is getting cut in half. And that is a conversation nobody wants to have because nobody wants their salary cut in half and they don't know what they would do for the other two hours. So so that's this monstrous, and then if you came to me and said, Spike, you have to find twice as many people to find w- to fill up WFAN. If you gave me three years, I could probably get there, but it would be a very, very difficult conversation to have right now. Like if I asked you, I'm not asking you to do it, but if I asked you, like, let's say the this entire show had a, was in a, <laughs> going out to Arizona, the plane crashed, and the show's gone. And the headline would be Boomer and four others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So if that happened, and you told me I had to fill the show with people who are not already doing shows at WFAN, that would be 
remar- there's a remarkably small number of people who are qualified who I would feel good about putting in that position, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's with every city in America. That's not just New York because they have to have local. They have to they have to know all of it. Like it, it would take a really long time. So I think I think I think there are a lot of things that you're talking about that are correct. I think technology on some level could solve for some of those things. I think the other thing that could solve on some level, and every time I bring this up to somebody, whether it's a host or a program director or a listener or something like that, they think I'm crazy. And it was brought up to me four or five years ago by, by Jeff uh, Satellano, who's our president of programming, just as a concept. I was like, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And I said, no, 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 no. But it, it sounds to me like there's something there, is that what if... For the, let's say, a normal four-hour shift, for the first two hours, you're on the air. For the second two hours, we replay the first two hours on the air, especially in mornings or middays or something when the news doesn't change that often. And for that second two hours, you're only on our app doing a completely different thing. Maybe you're not even talking about sports. Maybe you're just goofing around. Maybe you're doing a more online presentation version of the show. Maybe you're doing a long-form interview that you wouldn't do on air because it does, the metrics don't work that way and the people who consume it don't really want it that way. And you and I have talked about this too. Like, While some great moments happen in the morning show in the second half of it, we think structurally sometimes the first two hours of the show is better than the second half of the show because it's exhausting to do a four-hour show. It's very difficult. Not every host can repeat themselves. It's a really hard thing to do, to reset, to treat it like as mechanically as a producer or a program director wants a host to treat it. I've never had to make the same argument four times in one day and ask and act passionately about it every time. It's really, really difficult. So that's a long answer. I think... You're, you're right, I, I think, but I also think that catering to short attention spans only is not the right way either because that's just not what we do, and I don't think that the, the idea of a long attention span is gone. I think Substack proves that, this, the number of people who are successful doing that. I think there are a lot of people who want, I, I think when you chase 19-year-olds, you're, you're <laughs> that sounded funny, but as far as a content perspective, you're, or a, a pre- or a presentation perspective, you're always going to be a step behind them. And it's very difficult to do. It's not really what we're trying to do anyway. And it's, that's better done through technology than, than uh, uh, you know, a content decision, I think, you know. Um, so I, I think we, we do have to think about how we best attack that. But it's very, very difficult given the size of our organization and the, the size of the business to make these giant decisions that that might try to try to do it in a different way. Right. You could ruin the radio station. Like the idea of ruining WF if I if I love this idea of doing two hours on the air and then two hours on the app and we decided tomorrow we're doing it and it didn't work, I could ruin WFAN forever. Right. And it's scary, you know? Uh, yeah. So Okay, then the other the other thing that always comes up, and I, and I think everyone agrees, something has to change with is the length of commercial breaks mm-hmm. and the amount of them. Mm-hmm. No one is willing to make that adjustment either. Like, and I think it is because, you know, I've heard like, well, then you'd have to train the advertising industry to say, hey, you're going to be one of three minutes that we play for the hour and that's worth a lot more than being one of seven minutes in a, in a break. Yep. But no one wants to take that leap either. Yeah. I'm also not sure that that's right. Uh, I'm not sure that. So I, I have a podcast that I monetize and we have seven sponsors and they, those seven sponsors or eight, I I forget what the number is, but the large percentage of them have been with us for years and a couple more have signed on within the last year, but they're not going anywhere. They're, they're there. I don't have any ability to take on new sponsors. None. Zero. We do two podcasts a week. We put three commercials in each podcast. The only way that I can grow that business is by charging those people more or, or coming up with different revenue streams. And the other thing that I can't do for them is I have no ability to increase their reach or increase the frequency of their advertising because I don't have the, I don't have the, the, now you might say, well, that will raise the value of it, but 
supply and demand, like there, there's a limit, right? It, if I decided, if I charged X number of dollars for that commercial and I decided I was cutting the number of commercials in half, that does not mean that the clients are willing to pay twice as much just because there's fewer commercials. Now, I might be able to raise the price a little bit. I might be able to raise it 20%, but I, I probably can't double it. So I can't make up for that. So again, we're running into a, the first thing we're going to run into is a money problem. You're going to run, there's not enough money. The second thing you're going to run into is what I talked about in terms of frequency is that if I buy radio ads, I have the ability to not only get, so you do Jackpocket, right? So not only get Al Duke's endorsement for Jackpocket, which is incredibly meaningful, but I can also buy a, a lower cost commercial that doesn't have Al in it that I can run a hundred times in a week and I can hit other people and, and, and basically increase my coverage to try to hit people more, which is a different sort of value than a podcast advertisement or a live read provides. So when I think about the podcast, the, the, the thing that troubles me all the time and the thing, the, re, the, the thing that we always explain to our advertisers, which is the reason that we, we tell them it's a six-month minimum, you have to sign on for six months, you can't sign up, is because if we do eight podcasts in a month and your advertisement is in three of those eight podcasts, even our diehards will skip a couple of podcasts in a month or they might not listen to the second half of another one and there's an entire month of advertising that is down the tubes for them. Is that they, they don't they don't hit anybody. There's no awareness. I don't have any other thing to do. It. I can tweet about it, or or I can or I can send them a newsletter, or I can put it in a YouTube or something like that. But then all of a sudden, I'm I'm hitting a spot where I'm relying on a different platform to get my message across. Who can decide at any point that they don't want that message to get across? Like you can already tell in Facebook and Twitter if you put an advertising message in that tweet and you're not giving them a piece of it, they'll suppress it. Because they, they, have, they have enough artificial intelligence to tell when you're trying to sneak through them. They want you to buy the ads through them rather than put a logo on something that, that, isn't, that they're not getting a piece right. of. And that will only increase because they need to make money too. So, I, again, I agree conceptually that the idea of a five-minute commercial break is probably, um, is probably outdated. To a certain extent, but I also think that tuning in in the middle of a five-minute commercial break, if they want to listen to the fan, they're probably going to stick around, and and we get more people sitting through those things than other. And I think when you look at the way that live TV has adjusted, and I think we're better than them because almost everybody consumes television except for sports on uh, a delay, right? Like. but not us. They listen to us live. So that gives us the ability to to still have a, a more significant commercial load than something that is on demand. And I even cheat through the Spotify commercials that are a little more difficult oh, sure. to cheat through. I'm like, oh, I can't 30 second ahead. Well, then I'll just move the bar across. Um, but then there will be a push and pull with that. As that technology gets higher, the you can't tell me Spotify doesn't know that I do that right? and might not serve me ads in the same podcast later again and again and again until I sit through it. So at the end of the day, we have to make money to pay everyone. I do think that there are advantages to more commercials for a, a client. Um, I, I do think that we can provide a lot of what podcasts provide in terms of live endorsement and, and those sorts of things. And I do think there is an advantage to having the ability to take on more clients who might have different spend levels, whereas a podcast, you don't really have that. So I think the answer is in between somewhere. The one of the other strange things is the live reads to me. So yeah. I grew up, as you probably did, listening to Howard Stern. Yes. And Howard Stern live reads used to be amazing. They were like four minutes long. And they were great, and you wouldn't yep. tune out. Yeah overwhelmingly now live reads are just reading the exact copy over and over and over again. And sometimes some, it seems rare to me that clients want you to play around with it. Like Jack pocket is one that says, do whatever you want. Yes. Essentially yep. get in these things. But it seems like the overwhelming amount are just reading, you know, they're, they're, they're not giving the hosts the, the beauty of the live read of, of being creative. It's almost just like, and then, well, I th- 
I, I, I might disagree there. I, I put some of that on the hosts. I, yeah. And, and it's hard. Yeah, I only did sports radio consist like every day for four months. And it was the first time that I had to do a a live spot for the same client five times in one week. I never had to do that. I don't have to do that on a podcast. I only have to, right. the most I have to do any one is one time a week and I can be creative with that. It gets harder the more times you have to do it. But I also think I think clients respond to what works. Everybody's scared. If you're if you're a host that says, I don't want to read this copy, tell me what I really gotta read. I promise I'll do a good job. Salesperson's gonna be scared of that, agency's gonna be scared of that. But if if it works, they're not gonna be scared anymore. And that's one of the one of the things that Howard had is Howard had this like F U thing of this is what he was gonna do, and he he was not going to do it any other way, and it worked. And the clients won. Every client I have for the podcast tells me, here are, here are the things you have to say. There's a couple of things. Here's this disclaimer you have to read. Here's the promo code. Here's, here, hey, this month, this is really, really important to us. Will you? But it is on me to learn about the product, learn what's important to them, truly be engaged and treat them like a partner. I think that hosts could do a better job of learning. Yeah, also, Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. But yeah. like over the years... Yeah. Eddie used to do drops during the live reads that were hilarious. Like people on Twitter would be looking forward to them. Yep. When's this? And then the clients inevitably get upset about it and you're asked to stop at some point. And that to me is like, no, that's what what sells it. Yeah. yeah people yeah, yeah. are looking for your commercial because of the ridiculous boomer drops Eddie's gonna be slamming in the middle of them. But yeah, I don't know. I think there's stuff. yeah, I think there's a there's some clients that are going to be okay with it. Some yeah. clients aren't. Um, there's some things they're going to be okay with you doing. Some things aren't. Yeah. I've heard some of Eddie's drops. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that if I was a client, I would want every single one right. of those. But I, I think there's a – there might be a staleness to that relationship, I think, yeah. be, between the host and the the client, you know, that is – or the, the host and the partner that we could we could stand to refresh, you know, that I think – if there was a, a more of a trust from the client and the AE, you know, and, uh, you know, part of that is, you know, one of the ways our business works is these is AEs now have to sell multiple radio stations, yeah. not just here. So not quite as aware as through no fault of their own and don't really have the, the wherewithal or the confidence to sort of back you in that because they have, it's just one of, six deals on seven radio stations right. and they're a little more nervous than, than need be. Yeah. Now let's talk about, uh, WFAN callers, which I just can't handle for the most part. Yeah. I love callers. I feel like they're, they, I feel like they come across as very old sounding, which I think makes the radio station sound old sometimes, mm-hmm. or they're the same guys every day mm-hmm. or they're parroting what the host said. Mm-hmm. And they give you the sports resume, and that sounds... I've been a Steeler fan since 50 years. Like, I don't know how... And I feel like because the shows are four hours long, and if they were only two hours, you wouldn't have to rely on the callers. I feel like we rely on bad callers just to fill airtime sometimes. Well, bad hosts do. I, I, th- I, think, I, think, I think tired hosts doing four-hour shows is part of that. To see a, a guy, a, you know, a, and that's the other thing, like we talk about, like when people drop in and, you know, radio is different from a podcast that you're not listening from start to finish, but people are dropping in. There are times on the radio station where, uh, you know, if you tune into the beginning of a show, you're getting a sports show with the sports topics of the day. If your beginning of the show is nine o'clock, that's, you might go a half hour hearing about the Eddie the sports jockey. You yeah. know what I mean? That's your show. That's my show. Yeah. But I could say the same in the afternoon. I could put Craig and Evan on and not know a single thing sports is going on. Yep. But their 2 o'clock open is boom, boom, boom. Yep. Yeah, and I feel like the callers are part of that. The four hours and the callers being not what they used to be are hurting the radio. I put the... Whatever caller issue that you are talking about at fan, yeah, I put squarely on fan, on squint, on fans' resistance 
Hmm, how do I put this the right way? I I think that there should have been a more specific effort to evolve that relationship and how a host is attacking that. In in my opinion, how so? Like what? In what? what well, could you have? So he, you do? here are the the good things about callers. First of all, it is some it is a a direct connection between us and the caller is is part of what makes this great. We are a community. We're not just entertainers. We're not on tele. Like I don't think while while this show while Boomer G is on TV and is good on TV, I don't think of us as that. I think of us as a radio show right. on TV. The good thing about radio, as opposed to something that's on TV, is that you have a direct relationship, a one-to-one relationship with the person listening. It's personal. They're in their car. They have their headphones on while walking their dog. They're in at work. It's you and them. I think showing that in a or hearing that in an audible way for the person who's listening and the host who's there is a unique benefit that other platforms do not have. I think that's good. I think the other thing that can be good if it's done the right way, and this is something that Angelo taught me. I remember early on when I was working with Angelo Cataldi in, in Philadelphia, and I said that to him. I said, you have the same colors on every week. And he said, Spike, those are the ones I want. And I said, why? He goes, I know what, they know what I want from them. They get right to the point. They don't give me, hi, how you doing? They, they know. And he said, then the listeners know what to expect from them too. And that's good, too, because the listeners like knowing what to expect. They, they like to know what to expect from a host. They, they like to know who you are. They, they don't want you to say the same thing every day, but having an expectation of who you're tuning into is good. All those things are good. So his position was, here are people who can help me move the show along, who understand their specific role in it, who have characters, almost like a like whack pack, just in short bursts, who are going to... And and he would say to me, and also I know, being the host, looking at the caller, I know how basically how they're probably going to feel about this topic. So if I've had two callers in a row who are specifically positive about this topic, they agree with me, I know that this person would never agree with me on that. And I can keep that balance and that conversation going because I think what's super important about sports radio is like debate. I think I, if everybody agrees on something, it's not that interesting. It, things are only interesting if people disagree, if that, that sort of conflict is there and having that. So I think the other good thing about callers is they are a natural reset to your most important topic that you don't have to do. So we talked about the ability to argue passionately four different times in a show. It's specifically when we talk about Boomer Geo, we talk about the top of the hour. So asking Geo or Boomer to do that at the top of every hour about the same topic is hard. But what if they were forced to bring it up by somebody else who disagreed with them? Gives them a different way in. So I think the caller is this natural reset to your main topic without you having to do it, which becomes more difficult. So whereas you think your perception on callers is they wear out the show and by the end we have a different show. I think if you're looking at them the right way and training them the right way, then – and I I say training – in a, in a completely respectful way, you should know as a caller what a caller sounds like on the radio station because then the expectation is there. So if the expectation constantly is giving you a list of their credibility, you know, how long they, they did this for, how long they did that for, and they, they sound slow and they ask how your weekend was and they, they talk about a different topic, then, then that's going to be the expectation and those are going to be the people that call. I think I, I think you can change that, but I, it's slow. Like all changes, all, all of our changes at Fan, like we made a lot of little changes over the last year and a half. If you're here, it probably feels like we didn't change much. If you just listened to one day a year and a half ago and listened to one day today, it would probably sound much different to you. Sort of like losing weight. If you see somebody every day and they lose fifty pounds, you might not notice the same way as if you disappeared for six months and then came back. So I think that fan and and a lot of stations that have such great heritage sometimes it's a it's difficult to evolve those things and change them and if you don't make a specific effort to do so then you wind up one day you know uh 
somebody we work with, I won't say who it is, when we're talking about a fan show that I don't think is very good that day, I'll talk about somebody showing up, opening the sports section, looking at what's there today, starting to talk about it, five minutes later opening up the phones and letting it go. I think it's it, sh- it should be more structured and more clinical. than that. It shouldn't sound more clinical than that, but you should know why you're going to a caller. I, right. I agree with you that sometimes a host will just use it to fill time. But I think, especially with daytime shows where, you, where there are more, there's more ability to get callers, I think you can look at it and say, well, what do I want out of that caller? You know, what am, well, by me saying X, what kind of callers am I going to get? And then as I move through the show, what kind of callers do I need to move that subject along? So anybody who listens at any time heard my fastball. Right. And that's what I think callers can be good at, you know. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, where with uh, I always uh, was taught, like, 1010 wins is a cume station, right? Yes. So they're getting their ratings based on the number of people yep, tuning in. in for a quick amount of time. Mm-hmm. And talk radio was you're getting less listeners, but they're hanging in for a long time. Right. I guess the difficulty to me is where is that balance? Because um, th- there are a lot of days where it's, Zach Wilson sucks. Zach Wilson sucks. So, especially if it's a, an in particular game he had, like let's say mm-hmm. he had a terrible game Sunday, Monday is going to be Zach Wilson sucks. And at what point is it too much to that you're going to chase away the time spent listening audience versus the hey they better be talking about Zach Wilson sucks. I'm the Cume audience guy who's just checking in. I but I I think the I think you're I think what might be skewing your view on that is the relative idea of what uh, okay i'll give you an example time spent listening is oh, okay like like if a, a check an average check-in i don't know these numbers off the top of my head but let's just say for instance the average check-in on wins might be six minutes they're just checking in to see what the, the weather is or the traffic is or oh my god there was a uh there was an accident um what happened i need to know that's why they need to fit in everything every 20 minutes right. so they can make sure they do it. The average check-in for us might be 20 or 25 minutes. But in those 20 or 25 minutes, they're not going to get tired of the Zach Wilson thing because the specific thing that they're tuning in for is whatever the big thing was. They just want a longer conversation about it. The people who listen as much as you do or the listen that listen for four hours, I don't think we could ever... I love them. <laughs> They're super meaningful to me. But there's something about the cadence of sports radio that they like. It doesn't really bother them to do the one thing all day long. Uh, so I, I don't. I don't think about time spent listening in. You know, when you look at fan for a week, time spent listening might be two hours. But that's if they listen all five days. Yeah. You know that that's not that long. Yeah, you know? I just think of like the Demar Hamlin injury. Yes. And how an example of, you know, where we are today versus Mike and the Mad Dog days. So, you know, like most people I feel like in the audience knew everything about that injury by the midday show. Mm -hmm. You know, it happened on a, what was it, Monday night, a Monday night game. So I guess, you know, you waking up to Boomer and Geo, it was probably news to you unless you were watching the game. But by midday by Carton and Roberts, certainly by Tuesday... They're, by Wednesday, you mean? Uh, by Wednesday, right. Yeah. It was all out there. We were updating, not we, I mean, like the media was updating nothingness. There was nothing else to talk about, and yet it was like, you have to, you really should be, or everyone was talking about Damar Hamlin. But I don't think we were on yeah. fan. And and I had a specific conversation. I, I'm sure they're fine with it. They asked, Tiki and Tyranny were like, 
what should we do? Yeah. You know, there's a difference between morning show and midday show. Morning show, people, there's a lot of people that did not know that happened the night before, right. that went to bed or went to bed while it was happening. And the first thing they want to hear when they wake up is specifically with Boomer in the morning is, is, is inc- not that it's not important, but you know, he football guy, football guy. But, but I talked to Tiki and Tierney that day and they said, they said, Hey, how much Hamlin would you do? And my reaction was like yours. Well, what can you say? Yeah, what what else is that? The, the hit wasn't illegal. The the medics came out almost immediately. Everybody did their job. It was horrible and sad. But there's there's no conversation point, and we dropped it. You know, and I I don't think Carton and Roberts did a lot of it that day. I I agree with you in terms of like TV sports stations. I talked to a lot of people. I was like, what are they talking yes. about? And all that, that, and that's all of a sudden. No, Dan Orlovsky, I think, is great on TV, but like when you get to day two or day three of it, that's when you start doing like praying on television. Yeah, he was you, praying on TV. Yeah, and I, I actually thought he was genuine in his prayer. I, I thought, but but there's nothing. There was nothing else to say. But I don't think we handled that that way. And I I thought we handled that particularly well. Actually, I thought now everybody who listens in the mid the, like. People listen to the radio when they listen, generally. So if people listen from noon to 1230, that's generally when they listen during the day. They they don't listen at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, too, unless they normally do. So I think it was probably super important for all of the shows to hit it at a certain point because they have their listeners who weren't listening at that time that cared about what they had to say. But I, I, I agree with you. I, I thought sports media overdid that, and I think that is a symptom of that short attention span thing in which if they only have people for four minutes and they're not talking about DeMar Hamlin, are they, you know, it's sort of when I I worked, we both worked in music radio for a long time. It was sort of what happened in music radio is like the playlist got smaller because the competition got bigger. And you said to yourself, well, if I only have them for 10 minutes, I better be playing back in black because if I'm not, then the other station is playing back in black while I'm playing a new song and I'm probably going to leave. Right. They're probably going to leave. So that was the battle we came into. But I agree with you in general with sports media with that, but I don't think we did that that day. One of the other things I, I think is uh, because I feel like a lot of people have similar information that we have. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like in sports radio, they're telling you facts that you already know. And I understand there has to be some setup to the story. But to come on on like a Monday at 6, if the Giants play Saturday night, the Giants play an Eagle Saturday night. Yep. So we're going to come on Monday at 6 as if the game just happened. And we're going to lay out things that are well known already. And I and I wonder... What, <laughs> Yet that you know, it seems like you should. Ha- it should be more opinions, opinions versus facts. I agree, but you also get into a situation in uh, the culture we're in right now where you've got to be careful what your opinion is, or you find yourself on the unemployment line. And well, there's a fine line between like Geo could come in and do a milk toast show, or he could have really nasty comments or mm-hmm. something in between. There, there's no reason for him to risk that to be more entertaining, to be more uh, headline getting. It, there's no win for him there. I disagree. I, so? di- I disagree. Well, the first thing is I agree with your first thing. Anytime I air check somebody here, you know, we've put a lot of new people on the air here, producers, blah, 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 blah. Every time they're, they give me a show open to air check, I say, don't recap. Especially local sports talk radio. No right. recaps. Everybody knows. If they don't know, you're talking about the wrong thing. Or it just happened. No recaps. Like I don't need to know what happened in the Giants game. I only need to know what you think of it. That should be the only thing. I think it is different at CBS Sports Radio in that not everybody listening knows everything that you're talking about. And I think sometimes you need to provide context because right. you're you're hitting all those markets. So I I agree with your first thing. We shouldn't recap. We should just get right into it. I 100% agree. I don't think we're an information source. I think rarely we're an information source. I think sometimes when news breaks or one of these guys, you know, Boomer will have a, a story from someone and that whole hint at, or sometimes I look to the station, specifically the former athletes, to tell me something I don't know. I don't really, 
I watch a ton of football. I don't think we truly under like regular people understand football that yeah. much. Sometimes they'll say something that I never that I never knew that that is helpful. But mostly we're not an information source. We're an opinion source, which is unduplicated. Nobody else can have that opinion. It is our key difference. It is what separates us from things being able to Google. Now that is a difference from twenty years ago, where the best sports talk radio hosts, you know, Mike was built on. I know all of this stuff. Right. I know everything, and you you don't know these things. But now, even if our listeners do know them or don't know them, they are two seconds away from knowing them because they have a cell phone that has a connection to the internet. So we can't just be smarter than them. We have to be more interesting. There's our goal to be interesting. The idea of like controversial opinions. I don't think anybody. I, I think there's sort of controversial opinions that would get you in trouble on fan are opinions that our listeners don't particularly want from us. Now, I'm a, a big ad, advocate of, like, people get mad when you tell them stick to sports. But yes. no, nobody ever says that to somebody they agree with. They usually say it to somebody that they disagree with. But I think mostly it's because you have broken the agreement that you have made with that consumer. The consumer is following you or listening to you for one thing, and you are deciding that what you have to say is so important about this other thing that you're going to break that agreement. It's almost like if uh, a band I like, the Gaslight Anthem, put out an album, they didn't tell me, and I tuned it in and it was hip-hop. It might even be good hip-hop. It wasn't what the deal was. The deal was when <laughs> I when I buy a Gaslight Anthem album, it's supposed to sound like Bruce Springsteen, not like... Dr. Dre, right? right? Like, so even if it's good, even if you really care about it, you better warn me or do it somewhere else. Don't do it where I'm coming to you. I think most hosts get in trouble with opinions when they're either delivering something that their audience does not care about, which gives them an opportunity to say, you're not allowed to say that, or they read social media too much. I think most opinions that you get in trouble for, you actually will disappear in a, a day if you just let them. I think a lot of problems come out when when you start reading Twitter about it, you start responding to Twitter about it, and all these things that are not fleeting, they are. But there are plenty of people who have not been canceled, who, who people get mad at and just wake up the next, like, look at Skip Bayless. Like, and, and I don't even think anything was wrong with his tweet, but right. everybody was furious with him for two days. And he was just like, it was like the first time ever he was, ah, I'm sorry, you misunderstood me. And here he is four days later doing the exact same thing he was doing two weeks ago. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I think there are certain places that will back their people no matter what they do. Yeah. Right. So Skip Bayless is a huge moneymaker, mm-hmm. I guess, for Fox or is yep. one of their main people. Right. But it just seems like, and, and. You talk about like breaking the, the the code between you and your audience. There's so many things now uh, that have slid into the sports world that are social issues yeah. that come up. You know, the, from starting from Colin Kaepernick, let's say, right? So yeah. all that stuff. The uh, vaccines was a big thing. You know, yeah. um, athletes commenting on uh, Donald Trump when he was in office, or but to, not Black to, Lives Matter stuff like. That that stuff goes the sports their helmets have and racism all this stuff so that stuff gets into sports and you can't really have a strong opinion if it's not what most of the media is already having an opinion on. Don't you think though that we work with people here who have opinions that would that on their face would probably get them into trouble, but they just sort of truck forward and move on. And they're still here. I mean, I... Yeah, but I, that's... But, but, right, it's on their face. They're not saying it. No, no, no. But I think they say it sometimes, too. I mean, like... Sometimes. I, yeah. I, but but I, I, I actually think... I, I suppose you're right in some way, but I don't think... I think if you are thoughtful about it and honest about it and you don't... I, I think people get into trouble when they... Um, I don't know. I. It seems like I just feel like there's no, there's nothing for the host to gain. So they're and they're not going to lose their job for not having a, a a hot take on something. 
but they could lose their job for giving an opinion that's not popular. Like if you didn't want Brittany Griner to be traded for a terrorist yeah. and you were really adamant against that, that probably wouldn't sit great with people. But we may work with people who said that. Right, but yeah. But there's also the risk that someone else in the company hears it and it's not just you hearing it yeah. or me hearing it. And you're and now that everything is put it out there, put it out there, everything is recorded and posted. You know, you used to hear crazy stuff on Howard Stern that was fleeting and gone. And if you missed it, you missed it. Now we're handing over controversial sports takes and saying, here it is. Uh, here's the audio. Go get it whenever you want. Here's a write-up on it. It just, it's, I don't know. I, th- I, I just feel like. I, th- I think to an extent, though, I think to an extent you get away with an equal amount of what your value is. You know, right. like, because I'm going to have to make that decision and then it'll go above me and we're going to have to look at a value decision and say, is this person worth it? Right. Which is not different than it ever was. I agree with you that there are things that are more touchy than they used to be. And I wish they weren't as touchy. I think that list is smaller than we would guess. And I think most days I wouldn't want to spend four hours talking about whether we made a, an appropriate trade with Brittany for Brittany Griner because I don't think anyone, any one of us, has enough information to actually make a, a. But that was the great thing about talk radio. You would just have opinions regardless of your information. Yeah, I, but don't you think? And scream them out. But, but we could go back to the Stern stuff, and I agree that there were they did great things on that show that you could not do today, but they also did things on that show that you look at today, and I do not. I don't hold any contempt for what they did, but maybe it's better that we don't do those things anymore. And I, I think we are in a time, because I actually feel it going the little, a little bit the other way. And it, it hit a peak, you know, during COVID. Uh, I think people being too online made it yeah. worse. I think, you know, people being locked in their homes made it worse. I think people were ultra touchy. I think it was, people were terrified and people tend to make worse decisions when they're anxious. And I think that was part of it. But I, I also sort of feel it going the other way a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel more emboldened when I'm talking to be a little more honest about how I feel than I did maybe two years ago. And I think there's an ebb and flow to it. So I agree with you, but I, in part, but I do think it's going the other way a little bit. Don't you? A little bit? A little bit. You know? Because you've said things on Twitter yeah. that maybe a year and a half ago I would have had to call you about two years ago, but now I just look at it and I go, oh, there's Al. And I just sort of move on and everybody moves on. Yeah, well, I try to look at it like, like I think the skip, the recent Skip Bayless thing is a real interesting one because a normal person reading that is not offended by that. He couched it at the end saying yeah, the only... I agree but, with you. And it's not like he wrote a book and you missed it. It's two lines. And yep. you tell me you couldn't finish the tweet to see what he was talking about? It's so bizarre. I so think, I think that didn't have – you couldn't post that tweet and go, we're firing him for this because I think most – Yeah, because you'd have to read it out loud and explain to him why you were firing him. Right, and it wouldn't it, make any it sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I think, I think people, people wanted somebody to be mad at. Yeah. They were initially – you know, you were watching Twitter that night. It was like, why hasn't Goodell called this game? Right. And it's like, <laughs> will you – <laughs> Wait two minutes? <laughs> like Roger Goodell might have made the wrong decision, but but you know everybody just and once the game got called, there then they look at the hit and the hit looked pretty, you right. know, regular. They were like, hmm, who is the enemy here? Oh, is this guy we already don't like? Right? You know who athletes don't like too? Who I think is excellent at his job, but sort of. Maybe could have worded it a little bit more yeah. clearly, you know, um, but was also saying the same thing that everybody was thinking that all that tweet was, was what everybody was thinking is, wow, they got to play this game at some point, but how are they going to do it? And man, that doesn't seem like it even matters right now. Right. There it is. That's exactly yes. what he said. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he was the devil. And then sports radio talked about how he was the devil at the six o'clock hour. And at eight o'clock, we were wondering when the game was being yeah, played. Right. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I agree with you. I, I think somebody described it to me. I was talking to somebody in the building about it. They was like, ah, and that was a lifetime achievement award for Skip. Yeah. And I, I sort of, I sort of understood that. I had a similar thing in the hallway. One of uh, the producers from down the hall stopped. They go, it's just his reputation. Yep. He doesn't get he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt. No. That's what they say. Yep. 
And I, I, but I agree with that. Yeah. He's earned that to an extent. <laughs> you know, when your whole career, and I think, again, I think he is exceptional at what he does, but when your entire career is looking at half of your audience and saying, I want to make exactly half of them insane, and you do that every single day, eventually the, those people are going to, you know, yeah. there's going to be an uprising. And I think there was. So. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, Spike. Yeah. I have to go. Um... Walk my dog so she doesn't poop in the house. Yeah, I hear that. Right? I hear that. You got a good dog. Whimsy looks like a good dog. She's good. Yeah. So far. <laughs> I still regret getting the dog. Yeah, this is you're such an interesting combination of... I can tell that you truly love I your love dog. I love my dog. I smoosh her. I yeah. kiss her face. But you're so inconvenienced oh. by her. You hate being inconvenienced. Yes. Yeah. I'm so, like, t- too crazy in my own brain. I look, uh, yeah. I, I look at you, and I sometimes think, I got married when I was 38. If I hadn't got married when I was 38, if I'd waited simply two more years, yeah. it would have never happened. Right. Because I liked everything where it was. I ate the same thing every day. You and yes. I are very similar in a lot of ways. And my, I tell my wife all the time, I was like, man, you got in just under the... The finish line, right? You know? Yeah, it's very difficult. Now. Yep, yep. And the hours don't help because then I get yep. I get more panicked by like four o'clock at night. I'm like, all right, yep. Eating, cleaning up, going through some sports news. Yep. Start a little show sheet. <laughs> yep. Go in, uh, shower, walk the dog, get her yep. fed, get on the couch, watch a little 90 Day Fiance, and fade into darkness. Yep. Stinks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll continue more sports talk radio at some uh, point, hopefully. Was that was that good? Was it everything that was good? You yeah, for? I oh. think Jerry's has had enough of my spewing, complaining of the same about thing. it. Yeah, yeah, like the same things over and over again. Yeah, okay. But Jerry always goes back to. He's like, well, when I listen to Mike and the Man, I'm like, we're in a different world. It is a different world. They dominated because they were the only you could not thing going. If you drop them, they were great, absolutely yes. great. But if you drop them on WFAN today, they would not be successful. They, 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 because of their legacy and people right. know and like and expect who they are. But if, if you were to erase that legacy, it probably wouldn't work. Today. Right. Yeah. Exactly. All right. This guy's doing five. They were doing five and a half. I know. Absolutely. crazy. Insanity. It's crazy. I saw an, a Barrett Media article on some other guy, lo- uh, a local show somewhere. The guys are doing f- over five hours. Yeah, well, keep so, those five, sell those five a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's insane. All right. All right. At the end, we do see us. Like, oh. I'll yell see you, then you go see you. Okay. See you. See you. Yeah, perfect. <laughs>